Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sports betting network, a little action today, as Amal Shaw said right before the show started there at the D, as we've got playoff baseball, the 2023 Major League Baseball playoff start today. As a matter of fact, you got a game first pitch down in Tampa, a.k.a. St. Pete, coming up in about seven and a half minutes. So we're going to cap Texas Tampa Bay. We also have, starting during the show here, Sharp Money on Visa. We've got Miami and Philly. Excuse me. We've got Toronto and Minnesota. Something's got to give. There's some streaks going on. The Rangers have lost six straight playoff games coming in. The Rays have lost five straight playoff games coming in. The Blue Jays have lost five straight games coming in. And Minnesota, the Twins, have lost 12 straight games coming into the postseason and 18 of 19 the theme with baseball and those two games something's got to give okay of course we'll get to last night's embarrassment in jersey coming up in just a bit but we say hi i'm patrick maher live from los angeles and the boys the dangerous duo they're downtown at the D, Fremont Street, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. Boys, we're going to start with Texas and Tampa Bay just to get a quick cap in. But I ask you, as we do have a few minutes here, how are we? Amal Shaw, how are you? Well, I'm doing better than the Giants despite sitting through and watching the entirety of that football game last night. What a horrific game from both sides offensively. But looking forward to this game when we get into Texas and Tampa. Guys, I got to uh, just kind of put a little caution on the Rangers here. Patrick, they blew a great opportunity to win the division. They shouldn't be playing until Saturday, but instead they are down in St. Petersburg taking on the Rays. The Rangers and Rays, the third and fourth highest scoring teams in baseball, respectively. Of course, the Braves and Dodgers ahead of them. However, I am going to bore the two of you and maybe the audience. I like the unders in both games to start the postseason. Under seven and a half Rangers raise. You can find an eight in the market. And I like the under Blue Jays, Minnesota with Gosman and Lopez. That matchup. Big guy. It's an exciting time of the year as the postseason gets underway in Major League Baseball. It's cracking. Uh, we are aligned, my friend. We are aligned on that under. I like it. I think Jordan Montgomery is a little bit sneakier than people think. He has a 288 lifetime ERA at the top. And I think a lot of the numbers we're seeing from the Rays hitters versus Montgomery, when you subtract the fact that they don't have Brandon Lau, they don't have Wander Franco in the lineup anymore, I think we're in for a lower scoring game with two pretty good pitchers on the hill. Well, why don't we get it started? And you just sent us over. You texted us. Dustin had myriad futures going into the Major League Baseball season. Dustin and Amal, both great job, are going to cash on Blake Snell, which we can get to in just a little bit. But I mentioned the Rangers at the Rays opening up uh, this series. It's six straight for the Rangers. Rays five straight losses. It's interesting with the aces. Let's start there, Amal Shaw. Montgomery wasn't supposed to be the Rangers ace. Of course, they trade for DeGrom. He gone. They trade for Scherzer at the trade deadline, and he's gone. Montgomery has pitched great, to be fair. And then conversely, the Rays, Glasnow wasn't supposed to be your ace for the Rays as McClanahan, a pitcher that you and I like a lot, was supposed to be on the bump. But two aces 
Again, it's playoff baseball. Runs come at a premium. I do like the under, and I'm seeing an eight pop up in the market here. Well, first of all, I like your plan, the under here, even though it's trending towards the over, because you mentioned Montgomery. Last four starts, 27 innings pitch, just giving up two earned runs. He has been tremendous for this team. And another point you brought up, which is excellent, when you look at this postseason, this is a best two out of three. It's all hands on deck right now. We're not waiting until game two, game three. You're not going to let any pitcher get in trouble here. If you see or get an idea that someone could be in a little bit of peril, you're going to make a quick pitching change. Now, the Rangers' bullpen is a little bit disconcerting in terms of the lack of consistency. We saw Chapman get into a little bit of trouble in Seattle. But for me right now, this is a good play in the under 7.5. You mentioned it, postseason baseball. It's going to be a 3-2, 4-3 type of game. It's rare yep. that you get those games to fly over the total. Sometimes they do. But, Patrick, i got to tell you, in a shortened series, more than an LCS or a World Series, where you might have some situations where you say, hey, buddy, you got to eat an inning or two. You just don't have that luxury right now. You've got 18 innings left, potentially 27, to make your season. Yeah, well put. And two teams that I love, the Rangers and the Rays, I like watching both these teams, Dustin Sweetelson. Uh, it's interesting, this total open date, Quickly steamed, quickly hit down to seven and a half. We are seeing an eight offshore pop up. So again, if you have multiple outs, you could potentially find that eight, which is huge with the half a run. Uh, quickly, just say this. I, I don't hate the first five. You get plus money on the under three and a half as well. I like Glasnow on the bump at home in St. Pete. Pretty much untouchable. Teams hitting a buck 63 across over 56 and two-third or 56 and two-third. Two starts, excuse me, 10 starts under the dome for Glasnow. Much better at home there in St. Pete. Yeah, yeah, he is better at home. A 3.18 ERA, 3.84 on the road. He's also better in day games than night games. A 3.27 ERA versus 3.62 at night. One start versus the Rangers this year where he went six innings, one earned, six strikeouts, and the Rays won 8-3. to three. What's interesting about Glass now is he's actually better second time through the order this year. Opponents hitting just 194 against him in that second time through the order. The way I capped it was I think you'll get six good innings out of him where he'll limit Texas's offense. And on the other side, I don't think a ton of runs are going to be scored by the Rays. I know a lot of sharp people, from what I could tell via the old Twitter bot machine, uh, like the Rays today, and the money kept moving that way. I couldn't get there because I think Texas as a dog has a shot. I just I didn't feel good about either side. I do like this under. I think the Rays, while they have the second-best win percentage in baseball against left-handed pitching and the sixth-best OPS against southpaws, they ju they're just 16th in home runs and 15th in runs against lefties. So I think they could win in what could be a lower-scoring game to start the playoffs. Is it universal, boys? Do we all love the under here? I mean, love is, love is a stretch because you'd like to get the eight off the opener, but I, I am comfortable in all with the under seven and a half here. Uh, are you? I, I am very comfortable with the under seven and a half. I will say this. If you're comparing the two games, the one starting in the Twin Cities in about an hour and a half, I would probably play that one first in terms of the under before right. I would take this one. But I think, guys, this is a tough one. You get that extra half a run, it's so crucial. I'm not enamored with the three and a half in the first five, but I would look at the seven and a half for the game. I don't want a single inning to beat me. I think we're going to have a lot of zero frames throughout this game, and I, don't, I just don't want a single inning to kind of uh, derail the opportunity here. But I like the play overall. This is playoff baseball. This is a great opportunity when you get some. If you're an under better, this is about as good as it gets when you get into the postseason. Well, I totally agree with you. Let's let's get to that one coming up in about an hour and a half. Toronto at Minnesota. I mentioned the Blue Jays' five straight losses in the postseason. A lot of expectations. If you take a look at these two teams, they're very disparate as far as what we expected of them coming into the year. The Blue Jays with a lot of big names in that lineup. Minnesota lost 12 straight, 18 of 19, which is just a crazy stat the big guy gave me earlier today. I, I like the under here. I, I get start, Sorry to be boring. Gosman. And Lopez both rested. Amal, we'll start with you. The fastball splitter combo from Gosman. The Twins just don't hit the splitter. I think he's going to be tremendous. Lopez, we saw Lopez in the WBC, Venezuela, in a big spot. I don't think he's going to be afraid of this moment. Good pitching, great pitching, a greater than sign, great hitting come the postseason. If I give one team the edge, and big guy, maybe you can give me the series price. I, I actually think I like the Twins just because – Two good bullpens with the Blue Jays and Twins, but Paddock is back in Maeda, the middle innings, and Duran, the back end. I, I prefer the Twins a little bit as far as the bullpen's concerned, but these are two pretty evenly matched teams, and you can see it there, Amal. 
with the series price, the Twins $1.15, just a slight favorite. I think you make a great argument for Minnesota. I'm the opposite of you. I'll go with Toronto in this series simply because I don't like the propensity of Minnesota to strike out so much. You need to be able to put the ball mm -hmm. in play in the postseason at times, and it concerns me when you're going to have your best arms going, guys having the ability to strike out. And that's one of the reasons I love the under in this game. Gosman's got 237 strikeouts against 185 innings pitched this year, 19 home runs. Patrick, when you look at the number of innings pitched, the number of games he's pitched in 31 this year, he's given up less than a homer per game, and we know the Twins can hit the long ball. And if you can negate that in this type of situation, and when you have ducks on the pond having the opportunity to get some strikeouts, that's so crucial to stymieing rallies. I really like the Toronto offense with Bichette and Guerrero still. Uh, that gives them a slight edge in my estimation. I think Toronto wins a very, very competitive series, and I'm going to go with a slight edge to Toronto here. Yeah, good breakdown. Uh, were you guys a little surprised, Dustin? Were you a little surprised? The twins, you know, essentially dollar fifteen, a dollar five. So either way, just a slight favorite against the Blue Jays. I, I was surprised just because, look, you're not high on the Blue Jays, and apparently the market isn't that high on the Blue Jays. If I go through my futures bets, I think I've placed four or five different World Series bets on the Blue Jays throughout the year because I just can't quit the talent on this team, and it could blow yeah. up in my face here certainly. But the way the Twins put together this team. It bothers me. I hate their lineup, but you can't argue with the production. Fifth best against righties in OPS, fourth most homers against righties, fifth most runs scored, and ninth best win percentage in baseball against right-handed pitching. That's why they're favored today against who is a better pitcher in Kevin Gossman. I'm going to go against that, though, because I think Gossman is a different type of dude. The splitter that he has is one of the best out pitches in all of baseball, and I think a lot of his numbers are skewed. I think when you look back at his playoff performances and his overall ERA, it's not great at 4.57, but you got to remember, this guy was in the postseason as a kid in 2014 with Baltimore, 2018 with Atlanta, 2021 with San Francisco, and last year with Toronto. A lot of those starts came when he wasn't the guy we're seeing now, which is a legitimate frontline ace. So I'll take my plus money on the lineup that I actually like better, despite the numbers maybe not backing me up there, and the pitcher, I think, who can shut him down. I think Toronto gets to Pablo Lopez, and on the other side, Gossman limits the Twins. Yep, you, you nailed it, the splitter. You both mentioned the splitter from Gossman, and the Twins just haven't. You dig a little deeper this morning. They haven't hit the splitter all year. How about sharp money? Have we been just... Thirsty to talk baseball? <laughs> we, Honestly, all three of us were like rapid fire, <laughs> couldn't wait to get our thoughts out on these two series. Well, look, we talked about a lot throughout the course of the season. It was either that or start with the Giants offense and the Seahawks who should be put into that conversation as well. And they want to just start with complete ineptitude. Well, I, I would agree. And so, again, there you have it. Two series starting while we're on the air. Your later series tonight, Arizona, a big dog in that series against Milwaukee. And then, of course, I mentioned Miami, a big dog in that series against Philly. Now, it's interesting what's happening in New York and the conversation surrounding Daniel Jones. When we return, I'll tell you, Tri-State, why you've got it all wrong. You're pointing the finger at the wrong person. We'll get to that next here, Sharp Money. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. 
you'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonuses instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code SHARP when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We got you back. Major League Baseball playoffs underway. As we say hi, I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. This is Sharp Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Going to transition a little bit, although we can get into the NFL and the baseball postseason as well as college football uh, with Hudson Mason, of course, the former Georgia quarterback, ESPN college football analyst. You can see and hear Hudson on 680. The fan hosts the locker room weekdays, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. And as we say hi, hi, Hudson, thank you for joining us. I, randomly, I'm going to start here with the team that was just in London. Uh, Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter. Can you give us an idea of the conversation around the quarterback with Falcons fans right now? What do they think of the quarterback? Oh, boy. Uh, a little bit of a mixed bag, you know, guys. Um, I think there's a, a part of the fan base that obviously believes that Desmond Ritter is the problem. Uh, and then there's equally just as much of a fan base that thinks that, uh, you know, Drake London, Kyle Pitts are not um, are not producing, are not getting open the way that they should be for, for first-round draft picks, not creating the separation. Uh, and then also Arthur Smith is not designing plays um, and not drawing up plays that, that really utilize your best players. And so, you know, I think um, the first two weeks of the season compared to the last two weeks uh, has been a huge drop-off in a lot of different ways for the Falcons. And so Houston comes to town, and, and uh, boy, are they playing good good football. And, and, you know, the Falcons will probably be underdogs the next two weeks uh, against the Texans and Washington. And I didn't think that uh, I would say that uh, just a couple weeks ago. From your estimation, you played the position. How do you see it currently as it's constructed on this offense and Arthur Smith calling the plays, and you mentioned the guys on the perimeter? Yeah, you know, guys, I think, um, you know, right now I see an offensive line that's struggling, uh, especially on the right side. They just re-signed Caleb um, McGarry and Lindstrom, or, or Lindstrom is one of the highest paid, you know, right guards in the NFL. He's not, he is not living up to the to the um, expectation so I think a lot of pressure on the offensive line the young quarterback has gotten hit a lot this year but also Ritter I think is he's not playing with a lot of confidence and he's really just not letting it rip I think he's struggling to uh, make that transition and understand what's open in college versus what's open in the NFL Uh, guys are not going to run wide open in the NFL Uh, if a receiver has a step on a defender that's open in the NFL and you got to let that rip and so I think he's still, he, he hasn't made the jump that I think we all thought he would make after four starts last year. And um, it's, it's been painful. It's been, I mean, uh, the past two weeks has been anemic uh, passing wise. And, um, you know, I, I never thought that we'd make the Chicago Bears passing offense look like the greatest show on turf, but that's, uh, that's what the Falcons offense has done the past two weeks. Okay, Hudson, I promise we'll get to college football. But how about the Braves there in town? 104 wins. I'm sure they're going nuts. What's your take? World Series or bust for this team? Yeah, man, it's a great question. You know, I'm kind of more, um, hey, the Braves need to get to the World Series uh, or bust type. Um, you know, as we saw last year, the Major League Baseball is is weird. It's Teams can get hot like Philly last year at the right time. But there's no doubt, like, this Braves team and what they did in the regular season and being one of the best offenses that we've seen in modern baseball history, uh, they have to get to the world series. Otherwise it is a bust. Um, And, you know, right now with 
Max Freed missing the last 15 days and going on the IL because of a blister problem, and Charlie Morton, who's not going to be a part of the NLDS roster at all uh, because of an index strain. Like, there's a lot of Braves fans that are a little bit on edge. Um, and, you know, you're going to get the winner of, of Philly and Miami, and we know what Philly did last year, getting hot at the right time, and that's an offensive lineup in Philly that's top ten in the league in a, in a lot of major statistical categories. So, um, but there's high expectation, and, man, there's nothing like this city with the Braves and the history of TBS and, and the Braves fans, especially the way they've played this year and what they've done offensively. It's a lot of excitement about this team. Matt, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's go to your former team, the University of Georgia. This is a still a prolific scoring offense, uh, but this team in the first quarter this year in five games has managed 17 points. What is with the slow starts with Kirby's offense? Yeah, you know, it's the million-dollar question. I just got done doing another radio hit, and the other people wanted, the other show wanted to know the same thing. I think one of the things that sticks out to me and maybe one area of advice that or observation that I noticed is you look at the numbers for Carson Beck, even going back to last week, just last week versus Auburn, uh, his numbers in the second half versus the first half, he, he was great. And I think they're just asking more of him in the second half. And I think what they need to do is really just put the ball in his right hand earlier in the games. It feels like at times in the first and second quarter, um, Kirby Smart and Mike Bobo are kind of like, hey, we're going to show you that we're balanced. We're, and it feels a little forced instead of saying like, hey, Man, our quarterback's averaging 300 yards a game, second the SEC. He's taking care of the football. He's got one of, if not the best pass catcher, and Brock Bowers in, in all of college football. I think they just need to ask more of them. And Georgia's really banged up at running back. Um, they are underachieving right now on the offensive line. And so I think a way to kind of um, fix some of those slow start problems is start throwing the ball more. Uh, be aggressive. Uh, and I think at times with a defensive head coach, I think Kirby kind of is all right with just, hey, let's let's play a little small ball offensively and play great defense. And if we win by three, we win by three. But I think they've got to um, – an easy adjustment is let's come out, let's take our shots, let's treat Carson Beck in the second half, uh, in the first half like they've done in the second half. Hudson Mason joining us, ESPN College Football Analyst, 680 The Fan, all over everything, Georgia, SEC as well. Let's transition. Bama's going to College Station, Hudson. Bama's laying two and a half at A&M. Let me get your take on this matchup. Yeah, you know, um, it's a really intriguing matchup because I like Max Johnson. Um you know, Max Johnson is a guy who has a lot of starting experience in the SEC. Max Johnson, Texas A&M quarterback, who has uh, has come in um, after the the injury to uh, Connor Wegman, and uh, he's done really well. And this is not your typical number two quarterback. Max Johnson started at LSU as a freshman, transferred to Texas A&M, played some last year, and now is uh, is back in the starting lineup. Um, and I'm really kind of fascinated at Alabama right now because. You know, really, ever since the second half of the Ole Miss game and last week against Mississippi State, um, offensively, they look like they're starting to get an identity. And, and so I think that's what makes this game so hard to kind of, uh, to kind of predict is are we going to get the first half of Alabama uh, offensively? Are we going to get what we saw against Texas? Or are we going to get what we've seen like the last four or six quarters, excuse me? Um, and so I, I think that this is a, a really close ball game. I think it comes down to really Max Johnson. If Max Johnson plays really above what we've seen him do, I think Texas A&M can pull this off. Uh, otherwise, I think Alabama wins with their defense, and they could get out by winning by three. Let's, and let's go to the game between the hedges. Intriguing matchup. Last year in Lexington, Georgia wins 16-6. to Now Kentucky comes calling. Ray Davis had a game that you would say is pretty good. He had three great weeks in one game against Florida last week. Can this Georgia offense put together enough consistency? I know they can score the ball, but can they put it together consistently enough against a Kentucky team that's going to want to run, play game clock management, and play defense? Yeah, you know, guys, I think they can. I think this is going to be a defense for Kirby Smart that is really 
uh, comes in cranky, agitated. Uh, they know that the game that Kentucky's coming off of, rushing the ball for 300 yards against Florida. Oh, by the way, uh, Kirby Smart's defense gave up over 200 yards on the ground for the first time since 2018 last oh. week against Auburn. And so um, that just does not happen. Uh, and I think there's going to be so much attention and focus on Ray Davis that Kentucky is going to have to throw the football. And they have not been able to do that this year at all. I mean, even last week, they, they didn't even throw for 100 yards. And so uh, Devin Leary has kind of been a shell of himself this year at Kentucky. He's been good, but he just hasn't been really the, the quarterback that we saw uh, at NC State. So 17, 17 and a half, I think, is what I've seen on that line, which is so fascinating. But Georgia has not covered a game at all this year. Uh, I'm not a betting man, but <laughs> if I was, I would I would take uh, Kentucky to cover and cover slightly. Well, speaking of cover, we covered a lot, Hudson. Great job. We got the Braves in. We got the Falcons. Got yeah. SEC football. Georgia, of course. Hudson Mason, ESPN College Football, six eighty. The fan. You can find him on Twitter at hmason14. Thank you, Hudson. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Does a very good job. Good booking, big guy. When we return, big time coach, now ESPN College Football analyst Dan Mullen joins us right here sharp money will keep the college football rolling this is sharp money with patrick maher and amal shaw on vsin the sports betting network a rosarena across there in tampa amal shaw is that what i heard as far as cheering you got your back as we say hi Dustin sweetelson amal shaw you can't hear me? Now, now we, we hear can. you. I, did, I didn't okay. hear you. No, we didn't hear ourselves. Or he didn't hear okay, himself. all good. Did they push a Rosarena across? I was trying to figure out. No. We, I heard we, some uh, some cheering over at the D. We've got a group of Rangers fans over here. I've never met a Texas Ranger fan. I guess George Bush is the only one I know, but I've never met him. So I've ne- literally never met a Texas Ranger fan. And they are they are living and dying with every pitch, and it's making my heart skip. Well, I'm guessing I heard them cheer about a Rosarena being stranded at third then, yes, right? Correct. Because the yep. Rangers are up one nothing. Coach is good to go? Okay, Coach is good to go. This is a thrill for us. We're going to talk to Coach Dan Mullen, of course. He'll be on the sideline whenever he wants, but I hope he stays on TV for a while because he's great. ESPN College Football. Coach Dan Mullen joins us, and we say hi to Coach. Coach, thank you for joining us here on Sharp Money. Uh, one of the yeah. lists that you put out on Twitter, at Coach Dan Mullen, was your top five quarterbacks of the week. And you had Talia, yeah. uh, of course, in Maryland. Maryland heads to Columbus. Maryland's 5-0, and Coach, and they're unranked. They're going to Columbus. It's a big point spread, but I want to ask you, do you think Maryland has a shot there at Columbus? Well, you know, I, I don't <laughs> know. that The shocker is, to me, they're not ranked, right? And the, you know, I mean, you look at a team that's won, they're 5-0 and at this point of the season, and, uh, you know, everyone goes back and forth on rankings. Like, hey, is it on deserving, or is it on who's the best, or this or that? You have a hard time telling me that, that Maryland doesn't deserve to be ranked in how they've played and what they've done so far and how they've looked in doing it. You know, I mean, they've kind of they've handled their business in every game. I mean, they're scoring over 31 points in every game. They played two big 10 teams and blown both of them out. I know, you know, they blew out Virginia. Now, granted, they're not quality top of the league teams. They're, in fact, they're probably bottom of the league in Michigan State, Indiana, and Virginia. Um, but they've handled their business, so I don't know. Like, a, a, when you have a quarterback and you take take Leah Tungavailoa and you take him and say, okay, we have a guy that can make plays that's a veteran player in a coaching staff that's been around with an explosive offense, I think you're always in a game. You know, I think this off, this offense is going to challenge Ohio State, and I think we'll see how good a defense. I think Ohio State's defense has looked really good this year, but I think you're going to see how good a defense Ohio State actually has in this game. And on your guys' end, uh, you know, I, I would be a big, big proponent of <laughs> – taking the points in Maryland. <laughs> yes, sir. 20 points. How about Coach Dan Mullen, Amal, Shaw? We'd love to hear it. Plus 20, take it with Maryland. Go well, ahead, Amal. First of all, I'm a fan of his just simply because whatever they're paying you at ESPN, they should double if you got to work with Matt three days a week. Okay? I mean, that's my guy. We go back. Hey, we're, two, like, we go. we're like 
Go ahead. We're joined at the hip map at Matt and I. We got Thursday night together, Friday night together, Saturday together. I We're know. like golfing. If you haven't seen if you haven't seen our golf partner, I don't know I don't know what, what the, the odds are on the Maddie and Mullen Cup. He's one up through three matches right now. We play a whole one hole a week at a course that kind of represents the area. You know, last sure. week we got very fortunate with a game at Tulsa and we got Southern Hills to play that one hole. Um but the uh you know, so he's up by one. And I guess if you look at the swings, he's got that pretty Arizona swing. I'm kind of, I got that coach's swing that didn't play a lot of golf. So, yeah, Matt, but, Matt, uh, Matt went to that higher uh, bastion of education, Arizona State. Uh, so, I, obviously, <laughs> we, we know that. But, coach, I got, listen, I got to go off topic here. There's no way I'm passing up an opportunity to ask a man that was crucial in two national championships. And I've argued this point all the time more important to your run. Number one, Percy Harvin, or number 15, Tim Tebow. I've always said Harvin has gone underappreciated. We know Tebow's greatness, but, man, Percy was something special. He really was. Now, I'll give you this. To win the championships, you might go Tebow. Now, Tebow, granted, it's, it's, I mean, it's neck and neck. Percy, like Tebow, I make the argument, is the greatest college football player in the history of the game. Right, He won a Heisman Trophy, won two national titles. He was a three-time Heisman runner-up or finalist. You know what I mean? Because a lot of these guys aren't going to stay four years anymore. And you put it now, don't, hey, but in the NFL, this guy was that. or Like, you take his college career, and I would say he's the best player in the history of the game. Now, that being said, he wasn't the best player on the team. He wasn't even close. Like, Percy Harvin was the best player on the team, hands down. Not even close, best football player, football player I've ever seen. Now, college football player, history, career, Tebow, number one, best player on that team, Percy, Percy Harvin. And it's interesting because you go back to both of them in 2006. Now, they're both stars in 2008, right? In six, they're both role players. Tebow comes in as a role player. Chris Leak was the starter. Tebow would come in in situational roles. Percy Harvin wasn't a starter and come in, in situational roles. and It'd be hard to differentiate who the MVP was. Percy Harvin won the MVP of the 2006 SEC championship game against Arkansas. He was the MVP of that game, and I think he played a total of 18 snaps. Total. He played 18 total plays in the game, and he was the game MVP um, because he was that much of a game changer. I mean, he's just that special. He's, he's just different, you know? Um I always have a funny story. He played in the Super Bowl with the Seahawks, I think it was, right? Yep. And yep. Uh, Jeff Collins was my D coordinator. We're finishing up a recruiting weekend uh, of the Super Bowl. We're at a staff meeting. And Jeff looks, and I said, hey, wait, do you see what Percy does in the Super Bowl tonight? He said, I just looked, and he's, they're not, he's not cleared to play. He had migraines, hadn't played in a couple weeks. They said, they haven't confirmed he's even playing in the game. I said, Jeff, I will bet whatever you want to bet that not only he plays, the first time he touches the ball, he scores a touchdown. And I'm like, if he doesn't play, you win the bet. And everyone's laughing at the table because Jeff wasn't on those staff. And Jeff looks at me like, and I'm dead serious. And he's like, I'm not touching that if you're that serious about it. They kicked off to him. What does he do? Run it back for a touchdown. First time he touches the ball <laughs> in the Super Bowl, he scores a touchdown. Like he, and Jeff calls me. He's like, I'm like, Jeff, I was going to go paycheck for paycheck. And head coach is more than the D coordinator. <laughs> On the bench. And he's like, thank God I didn't take that one. Um, but but I'm telling you, I think he is that person. He was that special of a player. He really was. And you can see why Coach Mullen is so electric on TV. He joins us here. Sharp money. Okay, think about what Freeman and Notre Dame have done. They lose a heartbreaker at home to Ohio State. They go on the road. They win a heartbreaker against Duke. Now they head to Louisville. Brom's done a hell of a job with a start there, Coach. It's six and a half Notre Dame's laying it on the road at Louisville. Tell me about this matchup. This is a tricky one. You know, I love Jeff. Jeff Brom is possibly the most underrated coach in college football. Right. I mean, he wins. Now, I guess every once in a while he'll lose a game he should win. Right. Which as a coach, you don't want to ever do. But man, he wins and he wins without the better roster. Um, I, I, with Jeff Brom involved, I hate taking the under um, on the game. And I don't even know what it is. But Notre Dame, for some reason, the first couple weeks of the season, Sam Hartman comes in. They finally have a quarterback. 
They're pushing the ball down the field nonstop. And then the last two weeks, they decide to go ultra-conservative defensive games. And I don't know where that's coming from. And, um, you know, Jeff Brom, man, every year, doesn't he always seem to come up and get somebody? I yes. mean, in his career, his whole, he seems to come up and get somebody. And, boy, doesn't have this have that written all over it this week that he's going to come up and get them with two, you know, because I always say this. In college football, it's not game one and it's not game two. It's game three that gets you. So, you're right, and, and you always, if, if you look at it, Notre Dame had to get up for an emotional game against Ohio State. I mean, a big, big-time game. Win or lose, they had to get up for that one and put it all out there on the table. They go the next week to Duke playing an emotional game. That is a fired-up Duke team. Now, Notre Dame's more talented, and granted, you know, it ended up being this defensive struggle. But it's always game three that gets you because you forget these are college kids. There's a reason no one goes undefeated in the NFL every season, right? Because eventually it catches up to you and you're scratching your head like, how did this team just lose this game or what happened in this game in the NFL? Because every week you have to play your A game. Cool. And the uh, you got me? Yep. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, so every week you have to play your A game. Well, this is week three with a bunch of college kids in Notre Dame. Now, I love Sam Hartman. I love his maturity. I love his mentality. You know, I wish it was seven and a half, like last week, like with Duke. I wish it was seven and a half. I'd love, I'd love, I'd love, I'd love seven in the hook with like, I, 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 Notre Dame's not going to win this game by more than seven points. They're not going to win this game by more than seven points. So the six and a half is the tease that gets you. But let's go with Louisville. Let's go with Louisville. Lay the points at home. Jeff Brom gets somebody everywhere. This is week three of a stretch for Notre Dame. And they have SC coming up later on. They're, you know, they're like, hey, they're being told they're still in the playoffs and you just got to beat SC down the road, you know, and you're still in the playoffs. And, you know, Louisville's, uh, you know, a little bit under, like, you know, is a this team that's kind of a sleeper team. Let's go with Louisville on that one with the points. <laughs> Coach, Coach, you are a legend. We're going to miss you on TV when you go back to coaching. Coach Dan Mullen. Hey, like, at Coach if, Dan like, no, not, it's not a when. Trust me on this one. It is a big if, and that if is I don't know if that's happening anytime soon. Like, the TV world, you know, I mean, here's I just gave you two great predictions, right? <laughs> if I'm wrong, no one cares. If I make two bad calls on third and ten, I am being just roasted by everybody in the world until we play another game. I mean, I have seven days of you're the biggest idiot on the face of the earth, right? This TV world is a much better world we live in. Right? And you got if the I hair, you got the face, you got everything, Coach. There goes Coach hey, Dan Mullen. I, I think we I'm, could hang out with him for the rest of the hour. He did a great job. What hey, a great if job I was coaching coach. and you're talking about <laughs> The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. 
you'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C. And trending topics on social media. As well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money on a Tuesday. The great Adam Burke, VSIN's managing editor. A couple things. One, Adam, obviously deeply involved in the NHL betting guide, which dropped last week. You can go check that out right now. And an update this Thursday. My gosh, it comes in waves for Mr. Burke. We've got the NBA betting guide dropping this Thursday. That's on top of Adam Burke's duties over at vcin.com as the managing editor. Also host on vcin shows. He's got his vcin daily baseball bets every single day throughout the postseason. He's got plays on tomorrow night's college football, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday college football. It's all there. Skating tripods on Twitter. Make sure you give him a follow. And started off the Major League Baseball postseason in a perfect way as he had the Rangers first five, my friend. Nice little cash to start, Adam. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you being my hype man here on the show today, Patrick. Thanks. It's, uh, <laughs> it's always nice to come and be on the show here. Yeah, I mean, our NBA betting guide coming out on Thursday. Jonathan Von Tobel, Zach Cohen, Kelly Bidlin supplying all of the content for that. They've done a phenomenal job. Very excited to see that finished product as we make some final edits here tonight and tomorrow to get that out late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning. NBA season not that far away, October 23rd, uh, the, or October 24th, actually opening night for that. So the NBA betting guide coming out this week, college basketball betting guide will come out October 23rd. So we, this is a very busy month over at vcin.com, and Obviously, with that in mind, it's a great time to sign up over there for a VSIN Pro subscription and get everything that we have to offer, not just the guides, but also all of our college football, NFL, and MLB betting content as we go throughout the month here and beyond. Beautiful, and congratulations to everybody involved. Uh, Big-time response for the NHL betting guide. I heard from somebody in particular that's a novice just trying to get started, said it's the perfect setup also if you're an advanced NHL better, we've got plenty in there for you as well. You know JVT and the crew are going to kill it with the NBA betting guide coming out this Thursday, so make sure you check it out. Berkey, let's start. Um, why don't you just give us your thought process, Rangers' first five today, to get it started with baseball. Yeah, so honestly, I mean, this was largely a price play for me where I, I looked at Jordan Montgomery, I looked at Tyler Glass now, and I didn't really see a whole lot of difference between the two, and these two lineups over the course of the full season – graded out pretty evenly. Tampa Bay was a little bit better of an offense, largely because of the park factor adjustment to playing at Tropicana Field, which is generally a very bad park for offense. So they were a little bit better than the Rangers, but I didn't think they were plus 135 in the first five better uh, by any means, with the difference between Glassnow and Montgomery being small, if there was one at all. And Montgomery, you know, pitching very well here today. Glassnow, if the Rays advance, keep an eye on this too, because Glassnow's velocity was down in the middle innings of this game. And that's something else you can kind of take a look at here from a live betting standpoint. Look for that pitcher, see if he's getting tired because you're throwing max, max, max effort in the postseason as opposed to trying to get yourself through six innings in the regular season or just manage your body for 30-plus starts. So Glass now starting to lose that velocity would have been a good time to jump in on the Rangers live, uh, maybe lay a Rangers number live, something like that. Those are things that I look for a lot in the playoffs. I don't make a whole lot of pregame bets. But you look for a lot of these live betting situations because they will pop up based on you know, just what you're seeing it, you know, with your own eyes here as the game goes along. By the way, guys, I thought uh, Kevin Cash made a huge mistake in the sixth inning of this baseball game. They're trailing 2 nothing. Glass had already thrown 88 pitches, which is the equivalent of already completing nearly six innings. He comes out in the top of the sixth inning, walks Carter, walks Simeon. Rangers capitalize on that, score two runs, and Patrick has now put them in a situation where it feels like an almost insurmountable lead with a four-run uh, cushion. And I don't, in my studio, I don't have the TV up. You guys have the TVs in front of you. A little shocked, Dustin, Adam, and Amal to see Gosman already getting touched in the bottom of the first for two runs, runner on first with two outs. They're Blue Jays twins. 
Yeah, he gave up a two-run homer to Royce Lewis after a walk to lead off the game, and now you've got Correa at the plate for right now with two outs, and uh, good opportunity here if you are the Minnesota Twins to be able to potentially double up the lead right now. Yeah, and okay. honestly, I mean, this is a very difficult spot now for Toronto because throughout the second half, I mean, they, they wound up grading out slightly above league average against right-handed pitching in the second half, specifically over the final two months of the season, but they were not good against above average or better right-handed pitchers. And Pablo Lopez very much fits that definition. So this is a worst-case scenario type of thing here for Toronto to fall behind early in the game. Uh, their middle relief is, is a little bit shaky, so they would definitely like some more innings from Gossman as this thing goes along. But, you know, look, I mean, anytime you fall behind, it's, it's definitely a big concern, especially because now you have to manage the game a little bit more aggressively if you're the Blue Jays. I want to get your guys' take on the series, the two. Uh, wild card series in the NL that get going coming up in just a little bit, a little over two hours for the Diamondbacks Brewers. I'll just give you a price that I have right now as far as the series, Berkey, and we'll get started here. The Brewers, $1.67, $1.70. Diamondbacks coming back the other way right around plus 150 Yeah, so look, I mean, I, I certainly wish that Brandon Woodruff wasn't out for this series for the Brewers. It's, it's definitely a concern for them. I don't know that it's so much of a concern here in this series, but going forward, you know, the starting rotation was a really big concern for Milwaukee. You've got Corbin Burns. Freddie Peralta was a top 10 pitcher in the second half in a lot of different metrics, including wins above replacement player, according to fan graphs. He was really, really, really good. As far as this series goes, though, I, I like Milwaukee to sweep the series, to win this series 2-0. That was a plus 200 number yesterday. It's down, I see, at DraftKings to plus 180. Obviously, you know, I like it a little bit less with Woodruff not starting game two. But at the same time, I mean, what we see here in this series is why it's important to lock up your affairs in advance of the playoffs because Arizona has to send out Brandon Fott tonight as opposed to sending out Zach Gallen or Merrill Kelly, who were both needed over the weekend. I do think Fott pitches better tonight than people expect. It's not a bad matchup for him. He gives up a lot of home runs. The Brewers don't hit a lot of home runs. So it's not a terrible matchup, but still, it's not an ideal situation to have a rookie like Fott as your game one starter in a wild card series. So even before you know, kind of seeing the Woodruff thing. I thought Milwaukee was going to win this series 2-0. And honestly, Milwaukee's a team that throughout the course of the season I wasn't super high on. They were leading the division with a negative run differential for a good portion of the year. They were arguably the best team in baseball through August, September, and then the one game in October. I think this team kind of flew under the radar. So I gave them a little bit of love here, and I gave them a 2-0 series victory in this one. I, I love the 2-0 bet, Patrick, because a couple of reasons. If it's 170, I think around 165 today's game, you'd lay in that price to win this game. That's what Adam has done. However, if you take the Brewers and they win in that 2-0 what he projects, you have an opportunity in game number two. You can come back on a plus price on Arizona, and you can negate any risk you have in that one, and you're not paying the juice that you are in game one. I, I, there are so many of these types of bets you can find if you just kind of delve through the numbers a little bit. And to yeah. be fair, I should say this. I actually didn't do my due diligence, and this is a mistake on my part. I didn't look at what a money line rollover would be, yeah. taking them in game one and then taking them again in game two, where you, you make your bet for game one, you put everything that you won and what you wagered on game two. That ultimately may have been a better price than plus 200. I don't know. I you know, kind of simplified it for myself, especially because we were doing all the NBA guide stuff and all of that. But that is something to keep in mind here. You know, Whether it's a college basketball thing, a major league baseball thing, NHL thing, whatever, look for that money line rollover price if you're looking to bet a series sweep. I, Patrick, just one additional thing. I think Adam makes a great point on that. However, what happens to a lot of people is, let's say, depending on how much money you're betting and what your normal bet size is, people become a little bit more frightened when it comes to the second game and you say you're going to sit there and roll the whole thing over. They might be a little bit more cautious. So I don't have as much of an issue with what Adam did as maybe some other people might. I think it just depends on how you individually choose to wager. Berkey sleeping on the rollover. It's like you're running a website and being the mayor of VEASAN and what else? Knowing more about music than anybody. Pull yourself together, Berkey. <laughs> You know, the Brewers are hard to score against. I, I like this series kind of sneaky just because the D-backs have been so much fun to watch. They steal a million bases. They manufacture runs. They don't strike out a lot. It's going to be very interesting. And that is, that's a team that you've got, what, two big future plays on the Snakes, big guy. Well, remember, preseason, I'm not going to brag about it now because I ignored the ticket all season long, but my favorite preseason bet was the Brewers to win the World Series at 40-1. to 1. So I've got them in pocket from like in March or February, 
And then later in the year, after the D-backs dipped a little, I got them at 80 to one and 34 to one, and here's why. Just, I think they set up better for the playoffs than they did for the regular season, and that was at the time of the bets. At the time of the bets, I didn't know Brandon Fott was gonna start game one of a playoff series. So it's a little different. I thought Gallon and Kelly could be interesting in a matchup. On the other end, not having Woodruff does affect the Brewers a lot here. He is such a good arm, but at the same time, they, they made it most of the season without him, and they did okay. I, I actually think it works out better for your bet. Not, yes. Not for the Diamondbacks in the short series against Milwaukee. I think the fact that you could have Kelly and Gallon going against, uh, who, would, who would they play, Atlanta? Um, uh, I got to look at the or is it, it, or is it the No, it's the Dodgers. It's the Dodgers. And, um, you know, to me, I, I think that bodes well. Look, guys, in, the greatest thing about the playoffs is, especially in hockey and in baseball, it's pretty wide open. This is not the NBA where the, one of the top two or three seeds is going to win the title. Yeah. Anybody can win it. As great as a season as the Braves had during the regular season, it would be very disappointing. Uh, we talked about it with Hudson Mason earlier that if they don't win it, it's, it's going to be very disappointing for the Braves. I not saying Milwaukee or Arizona comes out of there, but it's not a complete shock. So because of that, look, I'm not going to say my game plan here for uh, betting World Series futures was the sharpest move I've ever done, but all of them are long shots. My liabilities are on the favorites because of what Amal said. I think in baseball, anything can happen, and I can open myself up to some hedging opportunities in other series that I don't have a bet on one of the World Series uh, contenders. So... I can come back here on the Twins eventually and hedge my Blue Jays futures if the Twins look like they're going to win. It's going to be weird to see Craig Council manage the Brewers in the postseason and Mets blue and orange. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is no chance he's coaching, he's managing that team next year, Burke. No chance. He's headed to New York. Did you agree? I don't know. I mean, I'm really curious to see what the Mets end up doing. There are a couple of interesting managerial openings. My Cleveland Guardians have one, too, where it's going to be hard to replace Terry Francona in, in some respects. But I also think in other respects, it won't be if you find a manager who's more engaged with young players. So definitely some interesting things here coming up this offseason for sure. Don't listen to Burke. He's throwing a freaking party getting Francona and his ego the hell out of town. Please, with your bullpen management. We know everybody loves Tito. Enough. When we return, more of Adam Burke. We'll get to the Marlins, Phillies, and some college football as well. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to to start listening.